0: Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Glory to His name. So in 2020... Twenty-three January. Um, Dr. K gave us certain instructions as to uh, what he wants us to address in January. Um, last Sunday we talked about, you know, being grateful, and a few other things that we addressed. And this Sunday we want to talk about purpose redefined so what we're doing this january i'll just give you a lowdown okay what we're doing this january is we are touching on key areas all across the ministry we're touching on key specific areas all right and he wanted the first sunday to be out about gratitude and then this sunday we're going to talk about purpose it's called purpose redefined 1.0 so if you need a a caption or a title for that, Purpose Redefined 1.0. And then we're going to be talking about uh, vision casting. I think that should be next Sunday. And then we'll talk about mission and evangelism as well. Mission and evangelism. So that's just a lowdown of what's going to happen in January. All across, if you go to any uh, King's Word installation, that's what you will find going on for January. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. How many of you have at one point or another um, had to question purpose, had to question why you're here, had to question the purpose of something that you are involved in, something that you're doing, have to question why you are doing what you're doing. People who challenge status quo, people who, um, challenge the norm, they find themselves from time to time asking the question why. And that's what's happening with this generation because the previous generation you are were, you were doing what you're told to do. Wake up at 6 a.m for morning devotion we don't ask why and the first song good morning Jesus if you sing any other song apart from that to start the morning devotion the look you will get you yourself will correct it we don't ask why and after that the next song I will enter He's gay. We don't ask why. We just follow suit. But this generation wake up at 6 a.m. have morning devotion. Daddy, why? I want to sleep. Mommy, why? Let's pray before you go to bed. Must I pray? And you will think that your children are demons. They're not demons. It's the generation. They question everything. Give in church. Why? Don't ask questions about everything. I want you to go to this particular school. Why? But I'm the one paying. It doesn't matter. Why? You're having cereal for breakfast this morning. Why? I don't want cereal. I want pounded yam. So that's the, they ask why, they question everything. And if we fail to understand what's going on, the disruption, we will think that we have failed as parents or we have lost that generation. Every dispensation, God releases a sound and a particular kind of move. And when people don't understand it, they abuse it, they misuse it, and they cannot represent it properly because they don't know what's going on. I was in a um, a conference during the week. Pastor Pastor Larry was speaking. Pastor Larry of HTR um, was speaking. I was talking about the fact that you know the previous generation the way Pastor Paul's hair is now if it was like 10-15 years ago and he was attending maybe an Anglican or a Baptist church and is living this thing like this by the time the elders call you Oh hey, wisdom. This is a typical in fact. They'll be praying for you with all fervency, put you at the center. There's something wrong with you. And then God bless you. You now say you are born again. Born again, what? The question they will ask is: Are, are we going to the same heaven? Because we cannot be going to the same heaven. But you find a generation now. Even the preacher has pierced one of his ear. And this preaching fire. And you find a holy brother, a holy sister walks into that environment. And says, God is not here. You are joking. God is there. Just because God is not. Just because you feel or you think that. God can only use people in a particular kind of way. Then God cannot use people at all. So what it does is that it takes you away from the move of God. It takes you away. Are you the assistant Holy Spirit? It just takes you away from the move of God. So... When you come into a dispensation you find out how God is speaking in that dispensation. Say God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past through the fathers through the prophets but I indeed now in these last days speaking through his son so if you don't understand the way God is speaking in this dispensation, you miss out on the move of God. You miss out on what God is doing in that particular time. Now it's easy for you to relate. It's easy for you to relate. I know people who are in their 30s. They are finding it difficult to wear a trouser, ladies. Very difficult. It's simply because they grew up not wearing it. So, it's it does something to their mind. How can I wear a trouser? They're in their 30s, they're in their 40s now. But that's how they grew up and times have changed. So, when you don't understand the purpose of something, you abuse it. If you don't understand how God is moving and talking in a generation, you will not understand the sound of the generation. You will not understand the move of God in that generation. And you will not be part of it. And while you are castigating them and pushing them aside, God is using them. And they are moving in that direction. God is using them greatly. The kind of music we learned growing up, Don Muen, if you cannot sing Don Muen. and um, Ron Kenoli, I mean, come on. It's Don when it's Ronkenoli. Anything outside that, you are canal. Maybe now you are singing come and do, 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 come and sing what? You can sing Omoba, You can sing all that, but then, you, you, I mean, who is Omoba She what? No, you have to sing Holy, Holy, Holy with hands lifted up. But if you don't understand the sound, there are still people who struggle with the sound now. With what's going on, struggle with the sound. There are still people who will come here today and, and when they come, they see me, they say, are you sure that's the, that's the pastor? The guy can't be the pastor. You have to wear a suit and die. You're not going to blame them, alright? But the truth is, every generation, every dispensation has the voice and the sound of God. One thing I have, I have concluded a very long time ago is that I'm not sent to everybody. I'm not saying, to, even if, uh, we know, we, we, we pray, oh, my voice goes over the nations, to the nations of the world. Even if it goes to the nations of the world, it's not going to every, everybody in all the nations of the world. It's not for everyone. So understanding the move of God in a generation, understanding the purpose, God's idea, Rather than human ambition, rather than human perspective, God's notion, the thoughts in the mind of God, understanding it is the key to walking in fulfillment. Knowing what God is doing part-time and aligning with that move of God. Forget about your ambition. Forget about what you think is right, what you think is not right. Forget about it. The purpose of God. So I'm going to give you four things. Four things. Sorry, seven things rather. Seven. If I have the time for that. Seven things. That defines purpose. That defines it and redefines it. Seven things. Number one is that purpose originates... In God, it originates in God. It originates in God. Every human being has a role in the script of God. So God is writing the script. You and I have a role in that script. So it originates from God. No human being has the custodian or has the um, authority where purpose is concerned that I will determine my purpose by myself. No. It originates in God. It starts with God. It starts with God. Hebrews 10 and verse 7. I like the Passion Translation. It says, So I said to you, God, I will be the one to go and do your will, to fulfill all that is written of me in your word. So, what I'm going to fulfill is what is written of me. I'm not going to fulfill something else I wrote of myself. No. I'm going to fulfill what is written on me. When you understand that purpose, originating in God it will it will it will separate you from competition because what you're chasing is what God has written about you and that's what Jesus was saying here he said I will go and do your will to fulfill your will from what is written of me so what God has said about me is what I am after Not what I have said about myself. No, when, when, when we say declare certain things, say certain things, I am this, I am that, and you're making confessions. Do you know one reason many of those confessions don't really hold water? It's because you're confessing out of ambition. You're not confessing out of what God wants for you. And most of the time the scripture we hold so dear to that is that God said he will give me the desires of my heart. So this is my desire. So I want it now. What that scripture actually means is that he will give you the things to desire. When he gives you the things to desire, they are the desires of his heart. They now become your desire. So when you are naming and claiming and possessing and receiving. You are not receiving what you have arranged for yourself. You are receiving what he has given to you to desire. So your desire becomes his. You can't miss it. So the moment you are praying, you're praying on point. It says, who is it that knows the mind of God? Said the spirit of God. The spirit. So when you are communing in prayer, what you are searching for is God. 2023. How would it be? How would it be? The Lord has prophesied. Uh, God has given our Father, Doctor K, that it's our season, our year of dominance. And so you're praying. How will this dominance come to pass? You can't say, "Oh, because it's our year of dominance." You now enter on supermarket. I dominate this place. Give me this. Give me that. Dominate. Fill your cart and say, "I got to pay for this thing." Say, "No, I'm dominating." No. You go in his presence and understand what his desire for you is, where dominance is concerned. And then when you spend time long enough in his presence, he begins to water your, ide- your, your desires. Certain things begin to appeal to you. Some other things just go away. Some things, so that place you are refined in his presence. Then you come out of that place having a strong desire for this more than this. And then sometimes the things you have desires for, you may not even have capacity yet to deliver on it. But just because it's the desire of God, that's where faith comes in. You are not putting your faith to receive and call in what God has put in your heart as a desire. So he has put it in you. Yesterday we went went to marry wife. So, Ike sat down and said, somebody was asking, okay, yes, he was talking to your husband. He now said, ah, this, no, okay, this was, his wife was standing and he was just looking at her, admiring her. He was now telling your husband that, hey, do you know that she sewed that dress herself? I was like, ah, wow, that's good. He now turned and said, ah, when I used to hear that people marry without one naira i do not believe he said now i've tasted and i've seen he said this marriage is a miracle this wedding is a miracle he was just saying this wedding is a miracle he said you won't understand i said no worry, i understand <laughs> he said it's a miracle he kept saying it is a miracle when something has not entered your heart as desire In the presence of God. You won't have the faith to pull it. Faith only delivers to you what God has put in your heart as desire. Not what you want. Not what you want. He said the day he decided that you know what? I'm going to go ahead with this thing. And then he set the date. He said he didn't look back again. And I knew what happened. What happened at that moment is that in the place of prayer, he had just gotten a conviction that look, I'm going ahead with this thing. But then he didn't have the resources to go ahead. So that's the, that's the contradiction. One part is telling you go ahead, go ahead. This is the desire of God for you. The other part is saying look, it's obviously that you can't run this race. Most people at that time will drop the desire. But that's when you need faith. Into that thing to water it and bring it to pass. And today is history. Don't marry wife, don't marry wife. It was beautiful, colorful. So when those desires begin to come, don't throw them away. No. Stay long enough to refine it. Find out the why, the where, the how, the the how God is going to put everything. Just stay there long enough. The one who put the desire there knows how to bring it to pass. He knows how to bring it to pass. But what hits us at the first time is the fear of how this thing will come to pass. How shall these things be? How? And the same answer the angel gave Mary is the same answer he's giving today. He said the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That's what brings it to pass. The power of the Most High overshadowing you and bringing the desire. Because it is no longer yours. It is the, he gave it to you as a burden to fulfill it for him. To fulfill it for him. So it originates from God, number one. Number two, in terms of priority, purpose precedes grace. In terms of priority. Grace comes to make God's purpose a reality. It comes to make make God's purpose a reality. 2 Timothy 1 and 9. He says he saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So grace is designed to make God's purpose a reality. So God's purpose is there. Before the ages began. So grace comes to bring that into reality. So if we have to put it in order of priority. Purpose precedes grace. So whatever God will do in purpose. Whatever God will do by grace. Is because he has proposed it. Whatever direction God will move in grace. Is because he has proposed it. Number three, purpose is God's original intent for existence. It's his original intent for existence. Look at the person beside you and say, You are not here by accident. Tell another person, There is an original intention. Of God concerning you. You're not here by accident. There's an original intention. All the experiences of your life. The background. Everything that has happened to you. Everything that has orchestrated in your life. Has a purpose. In God. If you can allow him, he will bring meaning to it. It's not by accident. And everything works to fit into his purpose. Everything works. Genesis 39 and verse 1. It says, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard an Egyptian, had brought him from the Ishmaelites who had, brought him, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight. And attended him. And he made him overseer of his house. And put him in charge of all that he did. So, I mean, God planned from the very beginning that Joseph was going to the palace. But certain events just knocked him and put him off track. Put him in a position where he felt like, look, the dream that I had. It's not looking like it's going to come to pass. But if you read scripture, you realize that scripture says, and God sent a man ahead of them, the man Joseph. Well, how can he be God who sent him when his brother sold him? How can he be God who sent him when he was put in prison? How can he? I mean, you begin to ask, how can he be God all the while? But the scripture says, God sent a man ahead of them. So the experiences of your life, the events and circumstances of your life, if you hold so dear in your heart, that look, nothing happens to you by accident. And you put your foot down on it and nothing happens to you by accident. You will find the purpose and the hand of God in all those things. You'll find it. The original intent of God for your existence. You're not here by accident. Number four, you cannot design purpose. You can't design it. You can't design it. You only discover it by positioning for it. You discover it by positioning for it. In God's kingdom, we position that's what we do. We position. Once God positions you, you begin to discover things and abilities and skills and things that you can do that leads you to fulfillment. First Corinthians 2.11 For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts Thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So if the one who designed you has thoughts about you and for you, if the one who designed you comprehends what he wants for you, then you can only understand it by knowing his thoughts. By knowing his thoughts. By knowing his thoughts. And when you position yourself to know the thoughts of God, what happens? You begin to understand what he wants for you. His plans for you. You understand the things he wants for you. Number five, purpose is the reason behind your uniqueness. That's the reason behind your uniqueness. Certain people have, you know, asked questions. Why did my father not give birth to me in America? Why was I born in Nigeria? Some of you have asked questions am I sure my mother is really my mother? Am I sure my father is really my father? The way this man beat me, I don't understand. Some of you have been tempted to ask, please, did you adopt me? I've woken up one day wishing that my parents would just come and say, son, we just want to tell you, you know, we adopted you. Your father is Bill Gates. He has come for you. Or just say, ah, we just waited your 18th birthday to let you know that your real father left like $30 million for you. There's nothing I've not thought. Nothing. Nothing. Different things. Ah, this kind life we deserve. Can't they just come and tell me one day that ah you see this house, your father left it for you? You know. Thought different things. Different things. They argued, ah, I don't understand. Why my own is that I just talk too much, I just talk too much, I just talk too much. And then you are concerned, and people have insulted you, done all manner of things to you. Like you talk too much. I was doing a training some time ago, LA last year, and I showed them a video of a lady who, I think I mentioned it here in church, who makes 11,000 pounds every month from her adverts, from her videos, she does YouTube videos she makes 11,000 pounds do you know her uniqueness? she has the widest mouth gap when she opens her mouth wide like this from here to here it's so wide and her lips are big she has gone through depression, gone through all sorts and one day she did a video and put it on YouTube. She, she took about three or four buggers and they all entered her mouth. Like, 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 comment, comment, comment. Wow. Can you can you stuff in three bottles? People are asking different questions. Oh yeah, she can. She, she did another video. Like, 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 like. YouTube noticed her. Oh yeah, Adva started entering, money started coming 11,000 pounds CNN interviewed her the question I want to ask you they've been calling you big head, big head since what have you done <laughs> with that big head rather you go into your room God, why is my life like this? Why is my life like this? There are certain things that are unique about you that that uniqueness is your critical success advantage. But you're not embracing it. You want to be like everybody. You want to be like everybody. You can't be everybody. There's something about you that is different. Nobody celebrates everyone because they go to use the restroom. No. It's a common thing. People celebrate uniqueness. The things that you think is a challenge to you might just be the separation that God used to make you unique for the world to celebrate you. Pay attention sometimes to the things that people talk bad about you and talk down on you. Pay attention. There may just be something that separates you and waiting for your celebration. Waiting for your celebration. I saw this funny one. CNN also interviewed the guy. After the service, check it out. The guy could not keep a job, and he couldn't get one and he was frustrated. Something came to him one day and said, "I can't remember the details of the story i have it I have the archive of it, but the bottom line is that he was paid for doing nothing. So what do you do? Nothing. I think it's in China or Japan. So people started booking appointment with him. People who are depressed, they just need somebody to accompany them to a party. Your job is to do nothing. Just follow me there. People who are lonely, they want to go for dinner. Nobody to follow them to dinner. Is here you will just call, "Hey, Pastor, are you home? I'm coming to your house." Uh, or not even call. You get to the gate and say, "Pastor, I'm at your gate to open." Over there, who said you go to where? Who? Lonely people. He opened up um, um, uh, social media stuff. They book him. Rich people, wealthy people to follow them to an event he just sits down they will pay for the food fancy restaurant his job is to do nothing absolutely nothing i read a lady who wanted to go for a party she didn't have anybody to go with her she's a rich lady so she booked the guy just accompany me. CNN was following them with video like this. The guy was carried his knapsack and was just following the lady. Just to feel that I have company with me. But the lady said whenever she's walking, she feels afraid. That people are looking at her or after her. She just feels insecure. So just to have a company, she paid. That guy is making money now just to do nothing uncle, auntie the last time somebody asked you what are you doing you say nothing the next question that you follow is how much have you made from doing nothing because people are making money from doing nothing from doing nothing So pay attention. Sometimes the things that people talk down on you on, just pay attention. They may just be the key to unlocking a purpose in you that you don't know. They may just be the key. Paul said, I celebrate, I amplify, I draw attention to the ministry that God has given to me. I announce it, I celebrate it. Number six, purpose gives meaning to life. It gives meaning to life. It's the true source of fulfillment. It gives meaning to life. That's the reason some of you are pursuing a dream that people have told you to drop, but you feel fulfilled doing it. You want to resign from an organization just to pursue a dream. Just to pursue it. It doesn't give you anything, but that fulfillment you get. Doing it that fulfillment. It gives life meaning, 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 meaning. Someone left, left school and said she was tired. And the reason she gave was each time she goes to class, she feels frustrated. She feels her life is just draining. She's doing well academically, but she feels life draining from her. So she quit school and went into fashion. Parents, everybody shouted, screamed, how how could you do that? Who spent money? She said, Mom, Dad, if I continue in this school, I might end up committing suicide. I'm dying more than I'm coming alive. Today, she's a fashion icon. The world is celebrating her. What made her to do it? Meaning, fulfillment. 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 You see certain people that run orphanages, 50, 100 children. And you're wondering, how are you taking care of them? It just gives me joy. They're just happy. They're just fulfilled. You can't explain it. It's the fulfillment inside. You can't explain it. It's that fulfillment. It's purpose. It gives meaning to life. And when you found that fulfillment... That's all you want. Nothing will take it from you. Nothing. I shared a story of a guy who who was into drugs and everything, depressed and all kinds of things like that. Couldn't keep his job. Nobody could employ him. The only job he got that they were willing to employ him, they told him to pay them as collateral because they were expecting him to mess up. That's how bad it was. But he was looking for an opportunity to change his life. And he looked for money and paid them. Then he went from the US to Africa. Different communities and suburbs, they were doing some medical treatment. And he noticed that each time these people come for treatment, they go like Doctors Without Borders. They go from community to community, treating people for different diseases and things like that. So each time he treats these people in his particular community, they may stay like six months or several months or several weeks. He said, he noticed that week in, week out, the same people that have been treated keep coming back. They keep coming back. And then he like, what's going on? So he went into the community to see how they were living and everything and found out that they all go to fetch water from one particular place and that place was infested so when they bring the water back they get cholera and that's their only source of water so he said to himself these people will never be healed they will never be treated he got an idea why can't I just build a well so he got some money together dug the well He first went to his friends, to people that he knew before, soliciting for funds. Nobody answered him. They said, we know you. You're a drug addict. We know you. If we give you this money, you go into drugs. We know your history. You've never kept a job before. They they, they narrated his whole history to him. He was frustrated. But he somehow got some money together, dug the first well. When he dug the first well, took pictures of it, Posted it online, sent it to his couple of friends and said, See what I'm doing in Africa, please support my cause and everything. He got back to the US, did a party. Now, this person was not thinking about food to eat. Something beyond him was driving him to give him life meaning and fulfillment. He did a party, said, The entrance to that party is $20 and it's for charity. So they came, people dropped the $20. He told them what he wanted to do, went back to Africa, dug another well. Sent pictures and videos. When people saw it, they were like, wow, this is great. How can we support? Now, the person who was being rejected as a drug addict, because there's a purpose beyond him, is now the one that is being celebrated. And then people started donating hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. So what he now did... Went back to Africa, started digging different wells. Dug plenty of wells. Now put GPS on each of those wells. Did a website, posted it there, started raising funds. So with the people that are abroad, with GPS, they can locate where the wells, they can see it, see all the wells that he dug on the map and everything. They were like, Wow, you're doing this. He found a purpose. So, when CNN again, Judah, I said, CNN, please interview me. What today they interview you about? Not just to come and interview you, no, say, eh, why eh, one day CNN will interview me? Why should we interview you for what? What? Why? Why? And he said, that I found a meaning to life and what gives me fulfillment. That's it. The guy is in US but lives in Africa. He's a US citizen but lives in Africa. Why? Purpose. Fulfillment. God, send me abroad. (laughs) If there is no purpose and fulfillment there, you will run back. You will run back. It's not where God sends you. It's where you find purpose and fulfillment. Even if it's in Bujumbura. In one hut in Bujumbura. Why do you think all those missionaries, they go to those places and they are not perturbed. They are not disturbed. They are coming from a wealthy place, but then you see them in a hut somewhere in Africa. And you are wondering, why is this white woman here? Why is this white man here? And they are living in conditions that even you cannot live in. Fulfillment. Fulfillment. They found fulfillment in nothing. It's beyond what to eat or what to drink. No, it's beyond all that. It's beyond it. Fulfillment. That's number six, right? Number seven. Purpose precedes prosperity. Have you heard of the term money misrule Have you heard of that term before? Okay, all of you are tush. You don't understand all those things. Some, uh, have you heard of the time, Jared? Uh-huh, thank you, my brother. Money misrod. You see some people, they be like money misrod. When you have purpose behind your world, it gives meaning to it. It gives meaning to it prosperity without purpose will only produce frustration. 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 You find certain people advancing in their career and you think that, wow, this person must be in the best place. Career advancement is not tantamount to fulfilling God's plan. No. It doesn't mean that you're living in God's purpose. God told Abraham, he said, I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Shall be blessed. So the purpose of the blessing of God upon him it precedes prosperity. So I'm blessing you because you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. The purpose of this thing coming on you is such so that you will be a blessing. You'll be a blessing. Every time you see a God-given purpose, it serves God's agenda and it impacts humanity. It impacts you. Don't be. What's the word now? Don't be disturbed by the results of people. Don't let it put you in a depressing state where you lose attention for the things that God is, you know, showing to you. Don't. Don't. Pay attention to your gifts. Your special qualities. Pay attention to it. You may not be able to do something the way someone else is doing it. But there is something you can do. There's something you can do. To pay attention to the things that separate you from other people. It could be things that people are looking down on. But then it could be the thing that God is counting on you. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to the problems that you notice. Pay attention to it. There is a reason you are the one noticing those problems. There's a reason, and if you pay attention long enough, you can find purpose in it. You can. The things that only you notice. You ah, can't. You see this thing like he said. I believe that it doesn't matter. But you are saying, no, it matters. It must be done like this. It must be done like this. You say, No, it doesn't matter. Let's just be going like that. Pay attention. It could be a pointer. Pay attention to the things that you are passionate about. Don't take it for granted. Pay attention to the things you're passionate about. Say, ah, anytime I just see a lady's hair scatter, the thing just they scratch my spirit. There are things like that that when you see it, just be like, "Ah, why ah, can't people just do their hair well? Pay attention to it. It could be a pointer." You say, "Ah, I don't understand. Why can't people just speak good English?" It just gets to you when you hear people just speak anyhow, grammar. Pay attention to it. What are you doing about it? Are you creating a business around it? Are you creating an impact around it? So okay, let me even do some YouTube videos how to speak well and you start doing it nice and neat this is how you pronounce your grammar and things like that pay attention to it don't take it for granted you are blessed to be a blessing you'll be amazed at some of the things people search for Online, you will be amazed. Things that people search for, that people want to know how to do it, even to lace your shoes is online. And if you see the likes and the comments, you'll be wondering: Do people have job to do? How to lace shoe? Search for different things. How to combine clothes, different colors, different. Shades, what to wear. and You'll be amazed. But you are good at it. You know how to combine colors and clothes and everything. But there are people who don't know. They want to know. They want to know. So pay attention to different... There are different pointers in life that makes you unique. That makes you unique. And it's there for you to serve humanity. The Bible says, David... After he has served his generation, he went to be with the Lord. He went to be with the Lord. Stand to your feet, church. When the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 29, that seeth thou a man skillful in his work, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before ordinary men. He will not stand before obscure men. When your purpose becomes your business, you'll walk with kings. You'll dine with kings. You'll deal with kings. See thou a man diligent, he will stand before kings and not mere men. And not mere men. Lift your hands to him. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at Kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.